welcome to Real Estate Radio, hosted by the real estate therapist, Larry Shackman, a top-producing real estate broker, author, CEO, and founder of TrustedAgentUSA.com, the ultimate real estate matchmaker, connecting you with top-performing agents for 2% commission. Each week, we bring you exclusive interviews with industry experts, covering everything from staging to negotiation strategies to home inspection issues and everything in between. Whether you're selling your home, a first-time home buyer, or a seasoned investor, we've got you covered. Let's make your real estate dreams a reality in this fast-moving and ever-changing real estate market. This program is funded in whole or in part by Trusted Agent USA, Illinois license number 475-145-795. Now, now, here's Larry. All right, everybody, here we are again. It is December 2nd, 2023. I can't even believe I'm saying that. It's already the end of the year. So uh, thanks for joining us today. We are, of course, you're watching the Real Estate Radio Show podcast. We have a great show set up today. Remember, on TikTok, if you're interested in seeing the entire broadcast, go to Facebook at Launch My Listing or go to YouTube at Larry Shackman. Uh, you can also watch us on LinkedIn at Larry Shackman as well. So I hope everybody is set up for a great weekend. And we got some great guests today. Of course, we're going to be joined by Dylan Kramer, the, the mortgage guru, the, the man that's going to solve all your problems when it comes to mortgages. And uh, Patrick Loftus is going to be joining us as well with Loftus Law to impart all of his legal wisdom on us. Because God knows we need it right now in the real estate industry. So uh, before I go any further, I just want to thank all of our sponsors. And real quickly, I want to first thank TrustedAgentUSA.com. Trusted Agent USA, what we do is we meld what consumers are looking for top-notch, top-producing, top-performing agents that's gonna be that are gonna be there with you throughout the entire transaction for a reasonable commission. Now, we've heard a lot about that lately. That's what we do. We match buyers, sellers, and investors with top-performing, top-producing agents in their area. And uh, check it out, trustedagentusa.com. I want to uh, also thank a couple of our other partners real quickly. Dylan Kramer, of course, who's going to be coming on here shortly. He is the manager, the branch manager at Benchmark Mortgage in Oakbrook. Dylan works with people around the country, so he's going to have a lot to say today. We also want to thank, of course, At Home Title Services. I myself am a title agent as well. If you're interested in being a title agent and you're a real estate broker, um, you can go to At Home At Home Title services.com sign up for their next virtual event december 13th okay with all of that done and said let's bring on first dylan kramer dylan welcome hey larry how are you today wearing that iowa uh i'm i'm representing baby i got a uh my my oldest daughter is a senior at iowa and although they have a uh a bleak on paper outlook for the game against Michigan today. We're optimistic here at the Kramer house that the Hawkeyes are going to get it done. All right. I'll get in line behind that. We're also going to bring on Patrick Loftus. Patrick, what's up? Wish I had worn some of my Illini gear or perhaps even some LSU gear just to, <laughs> just to balance that out. Cause I mean, I could have put my COD hat on, but you know, I'm not, I'm not going there. It's just what's the nice. I, I mean, I've seen I've seen you in your COD full tracky, uh, you know, the full track suit, three stripes, you know, oh, man. This looks man. good on you. It, I, I do my best to pull it off. I really do. <laughs> I really do. How are you guys doing this morning? Fantastic. <sighs> yeah, I hear you. You know, I was, think, I was thinking today as I was getting ready, it's nine o'clock in the morning on Saturday. You know, it's like there's four squirrels watching us right now. Uh, that's OK, though. Um, Hey, uh, we got a lot of cats watching. So, you know, we got that. Bring your cat on screen. What's your cat's name? Uh, this is, uh, can you see her? That's Naya. 
Naya. She could, she could not care less about what I've got going on. Absolutely, completely uninterested. Yes. I, <laughs> As I usual. Under, I understand totally. That's how cats are. We're their mm -hmm. servants. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. uh we're we're not her owner. It's quite the opposite. <laughs> so we got a lot to talk about today. I know Dylan, you want to kind of drill down some numbers when it comes to purchasing a home, you know, Absolutely. and and how people can do that, why it makes sense, why the as you like to say, why the math maths, right? Exactly right, my friend. So we'll check that out. And Patrick, we're gonna, you know, I saw a reel that you did the other day about uh and you saw my comments, I'm sure, but I saw <laughs> with somebody on there. I was being nice, though. But, um, you know, this real where, you know, everybody's thinking, including myself, how we're we're going to see all these appeals for two and three and four and five years. But there was something very interesting you brought up that we'll talk about in a little bit regarding that whole appeal process and what it takes to appeal a $1.8 billion case. It's not yes. as easy as it seems. You're not just like turning in a piece of paper and saying, hey, we appeal this BS decision. And, you know, that's not it, right? If if only it were so simple. Yeah. Well, you know, the law is simple. It's always a good experience going to court. <laughs> always. I, just... I, I love it. I love it. That's why I always, <laughs> I always tell my clients, you know, don't you love being in court? Isn't it the most fun thing ever? Let's sue everybody. <laughs> Let's just yeah. go out and sue everyone. <laughs> By the way, Dylan, how did Iowa do last week? You were there last week, right? Uh, I was there a couple of weeks ago, oh, actually. Weeks ago. So I was there. Uh, I was there for the Rutgers game, and then I went to the uh, Wrigley Field game as well. But no, they uh, they did okay the last few weeks. So they've been they've been grinding out wins against teams uh, by scoring at least one touchdown a game, whether they need to or not. Awesome. Yeah. Well, they're kind of like the bulls. The bulls are grinding out like one victory every 17 games. So we're no, no. I, I was 10 and two. Let's not, you know, I was 10 and two. Really? That, I, was I didn't know. Two. Absolutely. All right. Well, you can't, I'm you just going to keep my mouth shut. I, you know, <laughs> you can't complain about that. Why? You're, Illinois? They're the worst 10 and two team you've ever laid eyes on, but they are 10 uh, and two. just, the, the Illinois, uh, just let's not let's not go there. I'm going to derail the whole thing and just start on a rant, and I don't want to do that. <laughs> let's talk about one of your rugby teams. <laughs> well, more I'm more, I'm more of a soccer guy, you know. Rugby's for the fancy. Oh yeah, you're people. a soccer I'm, guy. That's right. I'm a gritty working class lawyer. <laughs> no, it doesn't work. Never mind. Yeah. Hey, I want to go over a few things real quick because once again, this week, we have like some crazy stats that just kind of juxtapose each other and they, they don't, they don't make sense when you first look at it. So it, interest rates, awesome. They went down again to about 7.22%, right, Dylan? Yep. Okay. The, the trend is our friend. The trend is our friend. It's going down a little bit. I'm looking good right now. I'm not going to short any of my ideas or anything. <laughs> I'm not going to I'm not going to go there. I'm not even going to say another word about it, but the bottom line is we're at 7.22 right now. A year ago today, do you know what we averaged for a 30-year fixed mortgage? 6.8, I would bet. You're right about there. 6.5, 6.49%. So we are slowly but surely, and I don't know surely, but we're slowly but surely getting to that. I know it's bad. We're getting <laughs> to, I got more, believe me. You, you have no yeah, idea. The puns uh, are the host's prerogative. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're slowly but surely getting down. And like I said, you know, with everything going on geopolitically, like I've said in the past, like one thing can just take a really bad turn and, and turn everything upside down. But I like the trend I'm seeing there. Right. I, I don't disagree. I mean, certainly look, here's the thing I worry about. I worry that we wake up and we have six and a half or six in a month. Right. And, and that's kind of like, wow, well, lower rates would be better. But again, that's going to create this stampede effect where everybody jumps back in the market. Oh yeah. And all of a sudden, we can't turn around and get the clients taken care of because there's 10 bidders for every house. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that's going to happen. You know, rates keep going down. Buyers, all that pent up demand, they're going to come back on the market. We're going to, we're already seeing more listings come on the market right now. That's going to expand and magnify after the first of the year. Yeah, I would think so. So Dylan, uh, I'm glad you said that. Sorry. Yeah. I just want to jump in. I think yeah. it's worth highlighting just as detrimental to a lot of just a lot of stuff that rising interest rates as quickly as they rose, it broke a lot of things like three fairly large banks, for example, if we tumble just as fast, that's going to break stuff as well. And just like it, all of us, we were in the middle of, you know, the, the frenzy that ended up being 2021, uh, you know, COVID time, you know, Dylan, you said it, you know, there, there just wasn't enough resources available to service everyone the way that they should have been. And, you know, think, things didn't go as smoothly. I, I was, I mean, I'm still, I still need about a month off uh, with no devices to, to recover from, from what that was like. Yeah. We, we don't want that. I mean, yeah, we want people to be able to, be, to buy houses and be able to afford them. But we don't, what we don't want is the whole thing to break again. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think that some of the unforeseen stuff, like you mentioned, the banks, I, I think that if we saw, we woke up December 15th and we had 6%, you know, and I, I know a lot of people don't want to feel sorry for the banks or mortgage lenders. Everybody who bought a house in the last six months will also attempt to refinance into an underwriting pool and a loan operations pool of people that has shrunk by 70%. Yeah, we couldn't redo all the loans from the last three years in 45 days. There's no capacity. Yeah. Add to that, all those loans have early payoff buyout clauses, right? So if you close today or you close in November and you refinance before, um, you know, next May, and every date has a little bit of a skewer, but roughly next six months, the originating lender has to pay the money back from the first loan that they got paid for it, which they use to make their payroll and all that others. It's it, it can absolutely hammer more the large mortgage banks, well, any mortgage bank, but if certainly public, publicly traded companies will hammer their earnings. And, you know, that's a whole. It, but it also hammers their warehouse lines and their cost of doing business. And so the whole thing can really just get gummed up in a hurry. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'll be better that's off if this thing is point. more, you know, gradual. Yeah. Yeah. It's like no matter what happens, there's challenges, right? I mean, it, it doesn't matter. There's always going to be those challenges there. And you know what? I'm looking for some good problems to deal with. Oh, so I'm, <laughs> all, I'm all about that. jobs, right? That's right. Um, so there's two stats in particular that, are, you know, it they don't kind of make sense or maybe they do. And I just don't understand them. That's entirely possible. Um, so consumer confidence in November is up. Okay, consumer confidence is up for the first time in three months, which is a good thing, right? However, along with that, about two thirds of consumers out there think we're headed for a recession in 2024. So their confidence is up, but they think in the back of their mind, they're still thinking eh, we're headed for a recession in 2024. Hello? Yeah. You know what? I think those are actually more complimentary than you think, Larry. Um, I, I think that sometimes these ex, we've talked about expectations, right? And we talked about them relative to inflation last week, where we're in this situation where, you know, if you get to a point where you expect five or six or seven percent inflation, you raise prices preemptively, et cetera, et cetera. If you have the expectation there's a recession coming, I think it helps the economy in the grand scheme of things because you're nervously cautious with your personal finances. Yeah. So you can be confident in your own circumstances and move forward individually with confidence, but you're also cautious. So you don't do dumb things like Lisa G wagon. Yeah. Other dumb stuff. That what a great do. point. Dylan, <laughs> that is so spot right? because on. You're not worried because you're, you're like, well, I could go to dinner today or I could spend an extra hundred bucks at the grocery store, or whatever you do, or, you know, buy tickets, to the Iowa game or the bulls game or whatever this month, but you don't make those bigger decisions. It could be kind of dumb. Yeah. Yeah. What a great point. And clearly why 
uh, people can tell you got like a 27 on your ACT and I got an 18 <laughs> because I'm making these points and you're clearing them up. But no, that is an awesome point. So in a more uh, macro way, people are a little on edge, but in a micro way, they're, they're feeling more confident. They're, yeah, they're you know what? It, it's almost like I'm good, but I don't want you to screw things up. So I'm not going to step out too far. I'm not going to tell you how good I am. Right. <laughs> well, ca cars, you know, speaking of G wagons, uh, car prices, at least used car, used car prices are, are going through the floor at the moment. Um, and I wonder if after seeing how lame uh, Black Friday was in terms of sales, how confident consumers are going to be the next go around. You know, it's yeah. a great question. And I, I actually have a guy and it reminds me to make a call to him uh, who runs a dealership group here in, in the Chicago area. And he's, you know, when people call me out of my database, they're like, hey, I send them to him. So he and I have a long standing relationship. I'm due kind of a check the market call with him. So I will have that call this week. And, you know, we can also discuss it a little bit next week, Larry, when we, we get to that, because awesome. I think I think his feedback on what he's seeing with consumers would be valuable. So Definitely. used car are going down because they were like going through the roof, right? Yeah. And now they're going down. What, why is that? I mean, what, what do you think? What's the reason for that? Patrick, go ahead. <laughs> why is that? I mean, what goes up must come down, right? I mean, um, it, the, the prices people were paying certainly during COVID, you know, okay. So, what's underlying all of that what uh what i suspect is that you know all of the cash that got pumped into the economy by the fed uh via low interest rates that was being reflected uh in a lot of ways um by the number of people buying and selling homes but also by people saying hey i've got a little bit extra money in my pocket and i've always wanted to own x car or y car and it didn't necessarily matter to them so much what the price was and it just you know, supply and demand. If there's that many people who want to go buy a car, the supply of cars is is fairly static, right? And you know, you add into the add into that um, the, uh, the the problems with the supply chain, the um, you know, just general the the ability to manufacture these cars was hindered by COVID uh, in general. The, the the factories certainly had to shut down for some period of time. People mm -hmm. who work in the factories were having to take time off for getting COVID. Um, all kinds of factors uh, play into these prices shooting up. And part of the problem now is that with prices coming down, what dealers paid for trade-ins, for example, they can't get that. You know how a, tr uh, a dealer will absolutely lowball you on a trade-in and you just sort of go, well, it's better than having to sell this thing myself. Well, those low ball amounts they paid are actually turning out to be above market at this point. So you've wow. got a lot of uh, whatever, all of the, the things that, that went in to heat up that market, uh, those heating sources have, have largely turned off and that market is having a massive correction. Um, you know, it, just like in our market, when, when you have a boom time, you bet for every, you know, a hundred dollars you make, you better be stashing about 20 because there's going to be a bust. Yeah, a absolutely. Yeah. I, I would also remind us or remind anybody listening. Don't forget the impact of interest rates on this too. Patrick's right about all of that. But the other thing is that you could go out during COVID in the same way you could buy a house at two and three quarters. And today that payment's $1,500 more a month at seven and a quarter on you know a four hundred thousand dollar house on a fifty thousand dollar car you could borrow at 1.9 or zero percent financing in some cases and pay five hundred dollars a month on a forty thousand dollar car and that payment's now 850. Mm -hmm. and so it's far less interesting or attractive to buy a car and used cars rates followed the same right there are used car rates for fairly average consumers you know 680 credit scores not 620 not 580 eight, nine, 10%. It's out there. Yeah. So, yeah. And those, so many of those people that bought those cars are underwater on their cars. So they're, they're stuck with those cars. There, there is no, For sure. well, Hey, let me, let me just, uh, you know, downsize into a smaller car or whatever. No, when you, when you're 30 grand upside down on, you know, your Ford Bronco, yeah, you're, you're stuck. Hey, man. take it easy with the Ford Bronco. <laughs> you had to bring up the Bronco, right? <laughs> no, no, I'm fine with the Bronco. It's good.
And if you want one now, there are loads of them sitting on yeah. car lots. So go grab one. <laughs> yeah. Well, the funny thing is, you know, I keep an eye on the Bronco market just because I have one. Um, and they, uh, the, the dealers are attempting to hold on to MSRP. They're like, we're not charging over sticker anymore. Well, that's fantastic. Good for you. <laughs> hey, so real quick, um, before we get too deep into the car market, <laughs> but you know what, actually what, what, uh, Patrick, what you just mentioned about, you know, you're underwater on your cars. Now it's the same thing when you buy a house and what me and Dylan have talked about, and probably you've been on the show before when we talked about it. And that is you cannot renegotiate your purchase price. You yeah. can refinance. So you got to be careful because when these interest rates go down, like we were just talking, uh, you're going to see an onslaught of buyers come out of hibernation and you're going to see all these multiple offers again. One last thing I want to hit on stats that were kind of weird when I looked at it. So, you know, we talked about consumer confidence going up a little bit, uh, but at the same time, people are a little little nervous about a recession possibly coming in uh 2024 and dylan i think you just sussed that out perfectly um but um in addition to that so while people are kind of worried about a recession coming possibly consumer spending went up three and a half percent so <laughs> i'm like all right, we're nuts. That's all. We're just crazy. Yeah. But I think that goes to what you said too. That yeah, yeah, no, yeah no, they may be kind of, everybody's kind of individually confident but worried about the other guy. Yeah. Well, hey man, I'm just living my life, you know. I I, I got to buy what I got to buy. You know, my wife wants some nice stuff. She's going to get some nice stuff and I'll you figure out what? how to pay for it later. And that's a fact. I mean, life drives everything. Real estate, buying cars, feeding your cat, what you feed your cat, uh you know, yeah, it, the cat gets what she gets. There is no compromise with that. She doesn't know any of the negotiation rules. She hasn't, she hasn't read this book. Okay. Great book, by the way, if you haven't read it, uh, go get it and read it because you'll become a better negotiator for it. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, somebody was commenting that, uh, you know, what we're talking about in terms of how life moves things, it just, it happens, you know, it, it, it's not about interest rates all the time. It's not about, uh, you know, it's, it's about life and what's going on in your life and what you have to do. And, you know, just your whole personal what's happening out there. Right. Um, so, Hey, Jerome Powell, our friend, Jerome Powell, Dylan. Yep. Patrick. Um, he started pushing back a little bit because the stock market, I think they're, they're also out of their mind. They're over 36,000 again, and they're all hyped up because they're thinking feds about to drop interest rates again and start dropping interest rates again. And Jerome is like, Hey, Jerry calling. No, don't get excited about rates dropping all of a sudden because it's not happening and they could go up still. Yeah. No, I get but it. Don't worry. They're just going to keep buying back their own stock to prop up the stock price. So, you know, yeah. keep piling money yeah. into the stock market because, you know, old boy uh, over at the country club is going to, you know, shove some more of the company's product. Oh, God, it sounds like such a, we should be on, on our regular radio uh, station. Oh, oh, oh boy, the country club is going to keep piling in the uh, company profits, not to, you know, take care of the employees. He's going to take care of them stockholders, which he is absolutely one of them. Go buy back that stock, prop up that stock price and go buy a yacht. You know what? 53% of current inflation is as a result of corporate profits because they keep raising their prices. I just got it. I just got a note from, uh, oh, Zoom. You know, so I have like a pro membership thing, subscription to Zoom. So you could have 8,000 people on at one time, which I do all the time. Um, and, you know, they sent me this thing how it's going up 10 bucks a month, which, okay, it's like 8%, not a big deal. And they actually have improved a few things, but it's like companies are going to continue raising their prices until you stop buying their overpriced crap. It's as simple as that. When you stop buying that, that 
thing that you used to get for this price and now you're buying at this price, you will see prices come down. Until then, until that organically happens, they're going to keep raising prices or keep them right where they are. Am I right? Well, you are. I mean, it, look, it, to me, you know, so if, if I'm on the other side of that, well, so if I put myself in, in the company's shoes, I go, well, why not? And, and the answer to that question is that one of two things is going to happen. Either, like you said, people are going to stop buying or a competitor is going to come in and they're going to sell a similar product at what it actually should cost. And you're and you're done. So, you know, there's you've, you've got to be measured about that. Don't don't just go nuts and, and just jack the price up because everyone needs my product. Trust me. It's right. there, there's someone out there who's hungrier and, and more clever who's going to come in and, and, and go grab that market. Exactly. And by the way, I want I want to let everybody know I did not just put Dylan in a timeout. <laughs> I did not do that. I, I think Dylan lost connectivity. He'll be back on, I'm sure, in a minute <clears throat> until he comes back on. I, I want to dive right into that reel that I saw of <laughs> yours on TikTok. And by the way, um, before we get into that, I just want to real quickly say that. Um, uh, Patrick has this other site, let me help you fly. And, uh, you got to check it out because if you want cheap flights, Patrick is the man, let me help you fly, not fly with me, not I'm flying <coughs> with you, not let me help you fly on TikTok. and you got to go check it out and, uh, get a cheap flight somewhere. Get out of Chicago now. Yeah, wow. I'll, I'll tell you what, you know, because uh, uh, for so long I was I was not the rich lawyer that everyone uh, envisions when they think about lawyer. Uh, and, but I still wanted the lifestyle that, you know, rich lawyers are afforded. I had to figure out how to do that. And so one one thing, if you want to travel, um, you know, there's I can get it. Well, let me how philosophical do I want to get? You know, the, the, there's there's a, a thing in in just uh in 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 right sales in general is that you know there's all kinds of consumers and not all of them are willing to pay an, an equal price so you know coupons exist because you want to sell your deodorant at full price but you also want to sell your deodorant to the people that don't want to pay the full price and why does tj maxx is this and this that and the other thing okay so why what why did i go off on that tangent when we talk about airfare it's because not everyone is willing to pay eight, nine, $1,000, $1,200 to go to a particular place, but airlines want to fill up their planes. They don't care that one person is sitting next to another person and person A paid $500 more than person B. They care that they fill the, the plane up. The worst thing you can do when you're trying to sell something is to end up with too much of it. Okay. It means you, I'm sorry, the opposite to end up with not enough of it. It means Not you left enough, money on the so, table. That's why yeah. That's why they're always throwing products away uh, at the end of the day if they did it right. Um, so how, why is that beneficial? It's beneficial because people like me who can find the, the best prices are going to go and pay the best prices. Whereas someone who's just going on, you know, one of the ones that advertise, the websites that advertise, they're going to go and they're going to pay whatever, uh, you know, comes up on their search. They're not going to know what else is available because it's not going to be shown to them. So. Bottom line, go to Google Flights if you're trying to buy a plane ticket, have flexible dates in mind, and you will probably not even need to follow me. But follow me anyway. Let me no, no, follow him. Absolutely. <laughs> he has some great stories and uh, and great information. I mean, amazing information. I do my um, best. Yeah, absolutely. So let me help you fly on TikTok. I think Dylan just came back. He's going to have a great excuse, I know, but let's just see what it is. You good know. times. All right. So what's your excuse? Dude, the, the power just flipped out at my house. Like it was, really? Yeah, it just surged, all the lights surged, and then it all everything rebooted. So there's here too, I am. I got I got too, nothing. There's got too noise. much energy coming out of this podcast right now. <laughs> it is literally nice over. Yeah. So we we were just getting into something with Patrick about he he did this reel on TikTok, right? Okay. Tell and he was taught well patrick go i'm gonna let you take it yeah so there's something that 
I, I hate to say the words like, oh, no one's talking about this because usually that's not the case. Uh, and as a matter of fact, the I don't want to say inspiration. It, this was something that I was thinking about as people were kind of, um, you know, just talking very casually about like, oh, well, they're going to appeal it. And they're going to tie this thing up forever and, and blah, blah, blah. Well, yes, I, I think to a certain extent that's true. But there's going to be some limitations on how much they can tie this thing up in appeals. And the fact that there is two, three, four, a number of uh, cases coming down the pipe that if the result keeps going against realtors is going to make it more and more difficult. And it's not just that attorneys who file appeals and, and pursue them are expensive. Is that when you, and this is particular to when there's a money judgment entered. So we, in this case, they did the whole case. They went in front of a jury. They made their case, and the jury goes, $1.8 billion, thank you, see you later. Two hours, done. So, yeah, that's how bad the National Association of Realtors did. They are so, they are so horrible. <laughs> I'm telling you, I, whatever they paid them, they should have paid me. I'd have made, I'd have made I, way I, better I, arguments. Not, not to sidetrack, but do we really think, I mean, I, that, the, that the case was so strong, or do we think that the NAR – really just went in there like we always do this here's our staff lawyers and they came in with guys who yeah. are like really good at this class action stuff yes and boom they got punched in the face and oh like, they got what do you mean we butt. lost and yeah. now they're they, really the the let the just the atmospheric levels of arrogance up there on oh, michigan avenue exactly is, is astounding they what they don't know is what they don't know they just assume we've been doing this for 40 years plus. Yeah, I, listen, I get all kinds. Of, Larry, you, you're out there fighting the good fight for, you know, against all of just the haters in my Everyone TikTok loves comments. Me. <laughs> I'll tell you what, it, it, it's a funny thing. Now, now, before I get off on a tangent on that, let me let me finish. Let me just uh, deliver on my thought because people are yeah, yeah, no, I, tens I, of I know people I on, on the edge, off, so. edge of their seat. So when you file an appeal after – a money judgment has been entered against you as part of that filing you have to file what's called an appellate bond what is an appellate bond an appellate bond is basically you saying to the court i'm good for it if i lose this appeal there is i either can pay it myself or this bond guarantees it if i decide to you know skip town and and move the nra to nra <laughs> we should move them there too the NAR. Put the NAR and the NRA. Those are three letters as initials, though, isn't it? Yeah, put them, put them on a boat and just shove them, shove them off, and be like, you know, you're not welcome here or anywhere for that for that matter. But in any event, um, they've got a, so this appellate bond. Uh, the appellate bond companies are ha are happy to to issue you one. The cost of an appellate bond is 1.8 billion dollars for a 1.8 billion dollar appellate bond. Plus anywhere between about half a percent to four percent. Now there are, of course, there's exceptions. There's always exceptions to everything. That's where lawyers live in the exceptions, right? That's why there's so many of us. Uh, that's why there's so many exceptions, right? It may not quite cost them 1.8 billion dollars, but the only reason it might not cost them 1.8 billion dollars, they might pledge some actual hard assets as collateral if they've got, you know, they've got that nice building that's undergoing renovation up on Michigan Avenue, if they've got liquid assets to pledge, if they've got other, you know, real or uh, assets to pledge, that could, that could help offset an actual cash. It's like um, your mom putting up her house for collateral when you have a DUI. They'll, they'll put up their house. More or less. Yeah. I would say yeah. more like when you go and I rob know. a That reference came out of the middle of nowhere. Not really. Well, we'll get into it later. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Maybe um, we won't. Maybe we won't. It might not be. It might not be. You know, let's. Let's maybe, not. Let's, 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 so you know, uh, yeah, Larry. Yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah, I would. I would change around some of the the facts of that. Uh, yeah, I, I comparison, get it. But, but I think the the general uh, logic of it tracks. So we've got one point eight billion dollars. But what if the judge triples this one point eight billion? All right, times three. We've got the hey Teresa right over here, two blocks away uh, at the Dirksen Building. We've got another class action case that's going to trial in January next month. Oh boy! Uh, so that and that one's much bigger, much bigger. We've got the one that the first plaintiffs' attorneys filed the day that the 1.8 billion dollars was entered. 
We've got uh, another one, and there's going to be many. You many predicted more. this. You said, "Hey, I know my brethren. I know what's yeah, yeah. going to happen here." Right. And I'm not that smart. It's not that I'm really smart. I'm. I am. No, I you're. Am. You're extremely. Okay. But that smart. that was the easiest prediction to make. Just as yeah. easy it is to predict that the Bulls are going to lose their next game. Easy to predict that that, that lawyers are going to be filing more lawsuits. You know, yeah. Nice. Well, listen, and and realtors are going to sell more houses. Here's what I think about That's that true. whole thing, this whole idea of this lawsuit. And you know how much I love plaintiffs, uh, attorneys for class action lawsuits. Honestly, it's that old joke. What's black and brown and looks great on an attorney, a Doberman, that <laughs> they would be it. Um, so I that's almost my last joke of the day, but um, here's what I think is going to happen. I, I think for consumers to stop using realtors to help them buy and sell homes, that is an organic happening. That's not going to happen because an attorney brings a class action lawsuit. It's going to change some things. You know, you're now going to have to have a buyer's agreement for sure that says, hey, you have to cover me up to a minimum of 2% or a minimum of 2.5%. Or and whatever it is. Yeah, okay. whatever, whatever it is. And then you're going to simply add that into the cost of their home and they're going to finance it like they do anyway. You know, there's, yeah, that's one solution. I mean, here's, here's some other stuff that I've been, I've been learning since we last uh, talked. So part of the Remax and uh, was it anywhere? I always start to get confused. Anyway, Remax anywhere, settled. Anywhere. We, we, and we thought they settled for, Oh my gosh, how much? Well, it turns out they got a discount. Part of that settlement, it wasn't just the money. Uh, it, it wasn't just money. It wasn't just, all right, you pay me and I stop suing you. It was also uh, changing the way they, they train agents, changing the requirements. Larry, I'm sure you, at one point you worked for just like, a, you know, one of these uh, name brand uh, real estate brokers. I started with Caldwell Banker. Right. So if you went to your managing broker at Caldwell Banker and you said, look, my best friend is selling their home. I want to discount them. So I'm going to take 0.5. What would your managing broker have said? Probably um, sorry. She I'm was sorry. 80 and uh, <laughs> I had. I, I would not. probably had to resuscitate her in order to have that conversation. But well, you said we were done with the jokes. Uh, no, we're not. She, <laughs> no, uh, she, um, yeah, of course, you know what she would have said. She would have said, you can do that. Just not here. Right. Either not happening or sure, if you make up the difference yourself or something along those lines. Basically, uh, even if you wanted to, even if you thought that, that your uh, product you know, was, should cost less to the consumer, your managing broker wouldn't let that happen. This is what, and, and these are some things I think that are underlying that don't necessarily uh, enter the public discourse about it. Those kinds of practices that's really what is the, the biggest thing that the general public just goes, I don't like that. I don't like that I, at all. I, you know what? I agree with that. I agree with that. I mean, I think everybody, listen, this is a contract that you're entering into. Like any other contract, everything is negotiable. And I think that's the way it should be. You know, you can yeah. go to a, a seller and say, hey, listen, uh, you know, so we are our full commission is 6%, but we, we suggest that 3% of that is a co-op commission to the buyer's agent in order to motivate them to bring their buyers to the table that they may have been working with for the last six months. So yeah. I think you're absolutely right that the consumer, and I know I do this, I'm sure you two do as well comes back and says, you know, I'd love to work with you. I really would. I think you could really help me sell my home, but I'm not doing it for more than 4.75%. I don't care how you split it up or what you do with it, but it's always been that way. It's always been negotiable. You know, yeah, except with that your manager broker that... won't let you negotiate. And well, so that's just, the problem. Just to, I agree. just to finish the thought there, uh, those two brokerages agreed to stop doing that as part of that settlement. So they're no longer going to be uh, at, you know, uh, hamstringing 
their agents into not compromising with with clients and they're long no longer going to be in the training materials uh advising uh their brokers that you know six percent is it and if you want a discount go to the brokerage so th those are some practices that so now that they've agreed that they're not going to do this anymore uh i think that's a big deal i think that's a really big deal yeah but, but to your point and, and i want to sorry i know i talk a lot um to your point is, you know, if you want to, if you want to get rid of realtors, just stop hiring them. I, I, I saw a really funny TikTok, and it was, you know, okay, fine. Have you ever bought or sold something on Facebook Marketplace? Because that's essentially what you're suggesting is that is that we we take MLS, we get rid of that, and we just yeah. turn we turn home buying and selling into Facebook Marketplace. Just if you've ever seen any of the the Facebook Marketplace parodies, you know how awful that's going to be that'll last about three seconds and we'll go back to hiring realtors yeah you know I, I during the pandemic i sold an old mountain bike that i had in my garage when i <laughs> bought a new bicycle and the 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 funny thing is um that i was very I, 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 well let me make the point i wanted to make it it took about four minutes i put the bike on for 350 and it took four minutes before somebody offered me $200. Somebody offered me a hundred, but they could pick it up this day, like immediately. Oh, that's got no value whatsoever. I'll come over right now. And it, it was, and I was inundated in the first hour with a bunch of people trying to like, and without even call, you know, noting, asking details, trying to find out what the story is just like, Hey, <laughs> will you do it cheaper? And that like, that's just the immediate knee jerk reaction. Um, that's it, to your point is get exactly what will happen. Yeah. And then there's gonna be weird people showing up at your house that you don't know who they are. They've not been vetted by anyone. You don't know if they are can't even afford it or if they're just coming in to look at your stuff to case it to to uh, burglarize you later. I mean, it, there's just so so many reasons so why both that's of those things. Idea. Exactly what you guys just said is exactly my point. Consumers don't want to deal with all that. If they wanted to, they would have stopped using us a long time ago and yeah. they still can. I have never nope. put a gun to anybody's head and said, you have to list your house with me. Larry, to your point, remember right before the crash in 07, 08, in like 04, 05, 06, there was a lot of traction to be had in the market to use the internet to empower the for sale by owner market because we had a you know we had an abundance of supply but it was also rising right so mm -hmm. people were much more willing to engage selling by owner than they might be today um, given some of the limitations that we've talked about for like a window of three years and and they were like oh for sale by owners are spiking they might have spiked fifty percent from one to one and a half percent of the market they're like oh mm -hmm. it's all the rage no it's not. <laughs> It's not not you have to do all this work yourself. And they find that out quickly. And that's when they start calling people like me and others because they don't want to deal with all of it. There's a lot of minutia involved in a real estate transaction. That's why, listen, I stay in my lane when I have, I called Dylan yesterday about a listing I'm putting on the market and you know, there's a renter in there for two years uh, at 1250 a month. And, you know, I, we have, we can only sell it to an investor. So there's some things we have. So I stay in my lane when I have questions, uh, I need legal advice on something. I call Patrick. I don't, I don't call, you know, I don't just wing it. And listen, if you think you're a consumer and you're not going to use a real estate agent and you're going to call Patrick up or you're going to call Dylan up and everyone's going to work for free because that's what this idiot class action uh, plaintiff's law attorney thinks we should all do. I'm joking. Of course, he doesn't <laughs> think that. But I do agree with you on the, uh, you know, not to get off track. I do agree with you on the negotiating thing. There was actually, you made a point about how one brokerage, one large brokerage has written in their contract 6%. That's yeah. insane. That, that I mean, that's just stupid. That's it's you the know, kind of it, thing that loses you a $1.8 billion um, class action lawsuit is what it is. I, I get that. You know, the funny thing is, look, there's so many, uh, even the people who have risen from a sales and marketing standpoint to positions of authority in, in the mortgage and real estate 
business and, and owner operate big companies, they've read never split the difference too. So they're like, oh, we'll just put this in the contract and they'll be less likely to try to negotiate because it's in writing, right? And 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 you just stumble with re reasonable and good intentions, right? Like we're trying to maximize our profit per transaction. That's not necessarily a, a negative, but the way it ends up getting executed is what they hang the lawsuit on and is a negative. And perception, yeah, what, perception is what they reality. would tell you. What what they would tell you is that they they need to provide a backstop against the race to the bottom, because I think I think any new agent as soon as you know they they, they get their license and they're so excited they're going I'm going to conquer this business I know all the things that realtors aren't doing that they should do and then they get out there and they're getting their their butts handed to them by all the top producers who have excellent sales funnels and know how to close uh in a in a listing um appointment and and you don't know that until, until you learn it uh on on the main streets so what what's what's a, a new agent to do when when they don't really know what else how else to differentiate themselves because because they're walking in to listing appointments that that they don't know how to do they go well if i if i offer i can offer a lower price right so you know fair enough you know every every new agent out there is going to be offering you know one percent just to just to get some some heat, just just to get things going. Yeah. Um. And and that's that's going to throw the the market in, into a, a tizzy. Now, maybe they should just let that happen. Maybe that should should just be allowed to happen. Allow consumers who are only shopping on price to be able to hire the younger agent that's willing to uh, to sell their their um, service at, at the at the lower price. Maybe let they that can. Happen. They can. They can now. And you know, if, now. if we fix the inventory problem, maybe it's not a bad idea to have younger agents work with first-time buyers and and need a minimum level of services and our or to to work at that lower price, and then have more experienced agents, Larry, you, Lafito in the luxury market, right? Where you're like, look, you can't bring the same bundle of services it takes to just buy a condo in Lincoln Park to this property you guys sold in Wheaton. Like we need staging. Yeah. We need understanding of where the email list is for the people who have the capacity to afford a couple of million dollar property, blah, 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 blah. Right. And so now you got to pay five or four, two and a half on your side and two and a half offer to the other. Like Maybe that a la carte sort of thing has... You know what, Patrick? I kind of like your idea. Like, hey, you guys figure this out. Just don't do this, this, and this. Let, let us me know. tell you, yeah. those and, people and let the creation, the creativity of the people in the marketplace come to bear. They yeah. listen, those people negotiate too. Don't kid yourself. They, well, get it. They're negotiating their commissions. They're not just dropping at six percent. But That's you know, true. there's a lot more services that go into selling a three, four, and five million dollar home. There's just a and, lot. And more. That's my point. Yeah. Like, yes, yeah. it is. We can kind of then start to have menu of services for what you want, and then you can get more into an idea. Look, I can go get a steak at Applebee's. That doesn't make it a great idea relative to going to Gibson, <laughs> but I know I'm getting an eighteen dollar steak at Applebee's it and an eighty dollar steak. Right, yeah. it will be so, that's as much as you can be guaranteed. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, Larry, I wonder if there's a business, a business that that one of us is, is fairly, um, you know, is, is fairly into, that has unbundled all of the services that used to come with the full price, like I don't know, a check bag, or a meal on board, or you know, a a more leg room, or so you know. Here. You know, uh, is, me, is there so, you know, I, I, I wonder if there's a play to be made here as far as, OK, why why don't I offer you? Because there's going to be people that want, like I said earlier, there's going to be people that are going to want to get into things at different price points. And but they all want to buy you. They all want to buy you, but they all want to pay their prices. So you go, all right, fine. I offer the basic economy, which is, you know, X, Y and Z. I offer economy plus, which is X, Y, Z, A and B. I offer business class, first class, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, and then there's different ways to kind of popcorn price that, which is just the idea that you offer small, medium, and large. Uh, the large is only slightly more expensive, but it's like way bigger than the medium. So everyone picks large, but um, 
you know, there's, I, I think that, um, well, okay. I, I think that's one, one way things might play out. My, my hope, my, my overly optimistic hope is that at the end of the day, because it's not so easy to kind of eke an existence by, you know, doing seven transactions a year and, and you're not gaining much experience and you're not doing much for your clients and you're contributing to the bad reputation of real estate brokers. I, I would love to see those people kind of fade away and go do something more useful. And I like to see people like Larry and others who've been doing it a long time or maybe haven't been doing it a long time, but want to put forth the full effort to become fully professional and actually demonstrate their worth out there so that people don't think about uh, filing these lawsuits. People don't think of realtors as, you know, gee, those guys are, you know, snakes or they're crooks. Uh, If, if there were only the best and most professional real estate brokers uh, doing this business, y'all would be exalted instead of being vilified. Yeah, no, and I totally agree with that. And you know what? I think as a result of all of this that's going on right now, there's going to be shifts in the business and things are going to pop up. What's that? You said shifts. 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 There's going to be, there's going to be radio. It's fine. Yeah, never mind. There's going to be, it (laughs) it takes me a little while. Um, You know, there's going to be things that pop up and different, like I, I have a, a company trusted agent, USA, trusted agent, USA.com. We're a full service agent, right? I'm not, and just, just to kind of bring this to a, uh, a head here. um, So we offer full service, full marketing, full you know, we're going to get you full price, but we also offer a reasonable commission and we rebate back to the buyer up to half a percent of what they purchased that home for. So uh, to put towards their closing costs. So if they're buying a $400,000 home, they're going to get $2,000 back to pay Patrick, to pay for a survey, to pay for, you know, whatever, uh, but to pay for their closing costs and prepaid. So I think there's going to be things like that, that pop up. Like what we do is kind of like Redfin without the brick and mortar office. So I think that's going to, kind of what I meant by that ship in the market shift in the market. Um, yeah. You know, I, that I, I've got, to, I got in your head, Larry, I'm sorry. Yeah. That right. leads me to the question right. of what happens to Redfin's business model specifically, right? Like they rely on the buyer side commission being in the contract so that they can largely just aggregate leads, send them to underskilled agents or people who don't want to work on the generating your own, business portion of the business and just want to do the transaction, but they're relying on that buyer side commission to fund their business. But that's, you know, and that's the other thing about Redfin and I'm not knocking anybody. Okay. But they're paying agents $15 an hour or whatever it is to do a job that another agent, their whole thing is if they don't help somebody in a professional manner, buy or sell a home, they don't make any money. So there's a whole different type of motivation and um, amount of effort someone may put into a job if they, if they're just doing it for the 15, 18 bucks an hour. I I get that. And you're a hundred percent right. So when you have a business like that, like globally under the umbrella of Redfin at the corporate level, they have to be terrified. Like, where are we going to what are we going to do to generate this buyer side revenue? Because they've just been working on the assumption, right? They model it out. Like we're going to make on average, right? What's the average commission, Larry? 5% generally? Five and a half. Yeah, about five and a half. So five and a half. We know know we have access to roughly two and three quarters, 2.68 or whatever it is. Like we're going to book that, pay these people 15 hours an hour, have them do this, 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 and this and keep the spread at the corporate level. But if you can't rely on that yeah. 2.78, like how are you going to get access to that money? Cause you got all these people on hourly that you got to keep paying. Yeah. I, I think with Redfin, th- th- I would say that th- they've got some advantages and disadvantages here. And, and Dylan, I think you've identified the disadvantage, which is that um, source of revenue is, is <laughs> going to come into question. Now they do, uh, uh, rebate like Larry described. Right. Um, so that they, they may have to, um, they may, they may have to re 
re-examine that. But I, I think the so the, the the ultimate problem that Redfin has is is it's still not profitable. Um, so yeah. what it's doing right now is not is not good enough, right? It, right. They, what they think, you know, they have a very Silicon Valley startup mentality, which is that we're going we're going to become so ubiquitous, we're going to corner the market, and then the the market will be ours. And in order to do so, we are going to lose money and lose money and lose money until we have had that until we have that market cornered. And we can basically buy up our competition. It's it's what Uber and Lyft are in market share. Know, yeah, a, a fight but Uber is really time. the only success story in that space, right? With that sort so, of model. So that's that's the that's the problem. Um, you know, the not so small problem. Now here, here's here's why I think they have an advantage. Um, I, I do see going forward uh, more of a a splitting up of the responsibilities kind of thing. You know, they what they have. What they've got going for them is that they've got a whole bunch of people who can go and do stuff, and it's it's not just the lead agent that has to uh, carry that burden. Now, again, it's not been profitable, so they're going to have to figure out how that is going to be profitable, uh, unless unless they simply only care about cornering the market and they go, look, we, we'll just continue to to lose money and, and get more VC. Uh, until we do that, I don't see that happening. By the way, I mean, who knows? I, I, I have no crystal ball. If you think I'm wrong, go buy Redfin stock. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm right. a mutual fund guy because I'm not smart enough to figure out how to buy stocks right uh, without losing money. But you know, there's they've got some pluses. They've got some. Minuses. I'd get in on X if I were you. Get in on the bot. Get in at the bottom on X. Larry, no. why, do you hate me? Why do you no. hate me? <laughs> I'm not. I, listen, I'm not hitching my. I'm not hitching my wagon to to the uh, to to the Elon Musk steam train. I I think the Elon Musk steam train is is uh, is running out of steam at the moment. He is the You're smartest man in the room. Crash into a wall. It's going to be one or the other. I don't know what's going on. That's either way. That cyber truck is is just something, man. Just we're gonna. It's it, it, that is going to go down as as one of the, the biggest failures in the history of business. What, what is he thinking? I mean, I, is, it's hideous. It doesn't work. <laughs> it, it doesn't function for the purpose intended. It's incredibly expensive. You're better off going and buying a F one fifty Lightning or a tri, a Rivian. Okay. I would if I had the money to buy uh, a Cybertruck. Uh, unless I'm just an Elon Musk fanboy or I just want to be different. I'm going to buy a Rivian because those trucks are really cool and they're really good. Yeah, the, the the Rivians seem to have it figured out. The other thing is that's a whole nother conversation, but I will float it's built this. In Illinois. I, I think that Toyota has it right on electric cars. And it's, look, we have to have hybrids that share gasoline and electric power over time. And that a purely electric car has limits that are not going to get borne out in the market in the long run, which ultimately Tesla's whole thing is built on. And if Rivian is effective at taking away the, top end of that right with with a much better product at that top end price point where all the margin is they won't be able to turn around tesla won't be able to make money selling model threes at thirty eight thousand dollars like it's just well you know the first guy in isn't always the winner right (laughs) and the other thing is you know people think elon musk invented tesla he bought tesla two guys that invented tesla larry you're right yeah right yeah, and, and most people don't know that, and yeah. you are a hundred percent spot on. And those guys, you know, they finally just got sick of Elon. They're like, "Yeah, we got to get out of here. This is just ridiculous. right." But he he does have the largest satellite network in the world. I think mm-hmm. he has like forty five hundred satellites. So he's have you ever seen? He's have you ever been out in the sticks and seen and looked up and seen the, the Starlinks? Have you ever seen that? No. Yeah, go go if if you if you go out on a clear night and you're somewhere where there's not a lot of light pollution, look up. We I, my wife and I have seen it. it. It's it is remarkable. You've never seen such a thing. It looks like a bunch really? of UFOs because it's just like in a line, just these little lights in cool. the sky. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's wild. All I right, don't so, like someone with that much power. I really so Larry, don't. we've covered. Tesla, Rivian, the Bronco. What else you got for car talk today? Well, I was, uh, I, you guys don't know this about me, but I, back in the day when I had hair similar to Patrick's and I could do all kinds of stuff with my hair, uh, and Dylan, you can relate to that. Um, I, uh, I was a drummer, uh, 
in a band and uh well, where else would i be a drummer why am um, i not surprised yeah i was a drummer and or i i'm sorry i had a drummer in in, in this band that was i was actually the harmonica player and singer it was a blues band <laughs> and uh why are you laughing uh so so this guy was so weird because uh so he had twins what do you think he named his twins? Oh, I don't. No, seriously. I always hate this. I always and a one and a two. It's just I. It's just weird. When people Anything? do that to their kids, that's Anything? terrible. I'm sorry. The dad jokes. That's where Larry, I'm at I, right I now. thought you were done with the jokes, Larry. I swear no. you said oh, you were done joke. like 20 minutes ago. I have joke. more, but I'm not going to do it. <laughs> Hey, listen, before we wrap it up, I just want you guys to let everyone know how they get in touch with you. Uh, and Patrick, let's start with you. How do people get in touch with you? Yeah. So if you want to get a far more concise version of, you know, my long winded explanation on appellate bonds and how NAR is going to get back to no corner real soon on these lawsuits, um, follow me on Instagram at Loftus underscore law. Loftus is spelled the way it is on, on the screen there. If you want to find me on TikTok, which is where all the fun is, where it's Larry and all the rest of the people in my comment section, um, find me on TikTok at Loftus Law. Yeah, but and, tell them about your other thing too. Let me help you fly because that's important. Yeah, so on, on TikTok, <laughs> uh, I talk all about the art of finding cheap uh, plane tickets. And I do other stuff on travel like, you know, uh, stuff on your passport stuff on um gosh what else have i done oh uh you want you want the you want the best piece of advice i i can give anyone um as far as if you're trying to get back into the country uh after flying uh international is you're gonna download okay if you've ever been in one of those two hour lines at customs and you right. just want to like you know you just want to die because you, you know you thought you thought when you landed, you're like, I'm just about there. And you had, you had yeah. another two hours. Download that's all, mobile passport control. Okay. So when you get into customs, and it's been a while since I've been through customs because, you know, we had like a global pandemic and stuff. But um, they, 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 they put you in this line where they've got these computer kiosks where you, you basically electronically fill out that form that they, uh, they still give you on the plane for some reason. This uh, app lets you fill that form out on your phone. So as soon as you land and you have signal, do it, okay? As you're walking through uh, the, the hallway to get to customs, have your phone up and show that you completed the form. The people who are you know, doing the uh, traffic control at customs are going to send you into the mobile passport control line, okay? That line will have about three people in it. It'll, That's awesome. In less than 10 minutes. I love it. I don't know it. why more people don't know about this. I mean, I did the TikTok. Because I they're not listening to you. But there's literally, next time you're at O'Hare, probably Midway too. It's been a long time since I've been at Midway. Next time you're at O'Hare, you will see, now that you've seen this, you'll see, you'll notice that they have like stand-up uh, cards. They've got advertisements all over the airport for this app. And people... I, I, I saw that and I go, well, I might as well download it. And then, you know, this happened. I was just like. So mobile passport. It. Mobile passport control. It's uh, it looks just like this. Download that app, guys. Mobile passport control. Uh, control. Download that app next time you're trying to get through customs. You will. You'll, you'll, you'll send me a bouquet of flowers or like a Starbucks gift card or, you know, a nice. Uh, you know, bottle of, bottle of booze because uh, you'll be so happy with me. Awesome. So remember, guys, get in touch with Patrick. He could help you with so many things. <laughs> it's insane. We've just I'm touched so on a few. All right, Dylan, <laughs> people want, need help with their mortgages. They need a second opinion. They are looking for grant programs. They're first time home buyers, whatever. How do they get in touch with you? You know, Larry, I'm going to do the same thing Patrick did. Follow me on Instagram at Dylan, D-Y-L-A-N underscore Kramer. Awesome. Awesome. Dylan, so we didn't get into what we wanted to talk about today. We'll do it Wednesday. Uh, we're going to do it Wednesday because I really want to dive deep into that. 
and uh, the fact that there are a ton of grant programs out there for first-time home buyers that people really just don't take advantage of. Absolutely. So we'll get into that on Wednesday. All right, you guys, thank you. Appreciate you guys coming on and have an awesome weekend and call me if I can help you. And you know, I, I will do the same. Thanks, Larry. And go Hawks. Go Hawks. Uh, <laughs> I'll see hey, you guys. At least you're not, at least you're not a Michigan guy. You know, it could be worse. Well, there is, look, I, I, the cliche goes, my money and my daughter go to Iowa. So there we go. <laughs> there you go. It is a good school. It's a good school. Fun place to go to school too. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys. All right, you guys. See you later. Yep. Adios. All right, everybody, we are going to wrap this up. And um, I just want to, A, number one, thank everybody for joining us. Thank Patrick. Thank Dylan for joining us. Uh, we had a lot of good conversation today. Make sure to join us on Wednesday at 11 a.m. Me and Dylan are going to talk about a lot of the grants that are out there for first-time home buyers that nobody seems to either know about or is taking advantage of. So make sure that you catch us on Wednesday at 11 a.m. And uh, until then, have an amazing weekend. Remember, if you want to save 50% on your title insurance costs, you're selling your home, you have to provide free and clear title. If you want to save 50% on your title insurance costs, which on even a $200,000 condo is almost $1,000. Give me a call 630-921-0611 or just text title to 630-921-0611. All right, you guys have an awesome weekend. And uh, like Dylan said, go Hawks. I have nothing to do with Iowa, but go Hawks because it's Dylan. All right, you guys, peace. Love you guys. Have a great weekend. Thanks for joining us on Real Estate Radio with your host, Larry Shackman, the real estate therapist and top producing broker. Now go to trustedagentusa.com and save thousands when you sell, buy, or invest. Illinois license number 475-145-795. Tune in next week for the ultimate real estate radio experience. Thanks for joining us on Real Estate Radio with your host, Larry Shackman, the real estate therapist and top producing broker. Now go to trustedagentusa.com and save thousands when you sell, buy, or invest. Illinois license number 475-145-795. Tune in next week for the ultimate real estate radio experience.